The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm joined tonight by Sue Timberlake as we continue to hunker in our bunker and, uh, well, separate bunkers, and uh, try and ride out the uh, unprecedented global crisis of COVID-19. How you doing, Sue? Pretty good, I think. <laughs> I passed my, I, my house screening every morning before I go to work, so I guess they think I'm okay. What do you have to do for a health screening every day? Uh, temperature and swear that I don't have a sore throat and, you know, sneeze or cough or dry cough or, I don't know, there's a whole list of things you have to go down. Then you have to sign away your firstborn and then they let you go to work, so. Huh. I didn't realize uh, Rumpelstiltskin uh, was still hiring people. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got a... Uh, yeah, we're we're doing a show here. I, I don't know. It it feels really weird to uh, be doing this, and we're not in the studio together. Um, and it, it, you know, I mean, we did that last week, but in part because, like, it's it's it just I feel so disconnected. You know, since I'm spending all my time here at my mom's house, so it's like, oh yeah, right. Like, other things are happening. Like. Six and a half million people filed for unemployment last week, kind of thing, you know? Unbelievable. Yeah. In this country, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, have you watched some of the late night shows? They're all doing it without an audience, and they're really struggling. You yeah. know, some of the comedians, it's it's hard to do that. Yes. You know, I guess you need uh, movie actors more, because they do it without an audience, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, I mean, we don't have a, we don't get a lot of like, uh, uh, I mean, we have an audience, but we don't have like a, like a constant feedback. (laughs) You know, we should ask genre, uh, uh, when he gets around to editing this show, if, uh, he could put in a laugh track, cause that would be great. Wouldn't it? They'd never laugh at my jokes. It wouldn't, it would be terrible. It'd be humiliating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't be so sure. Uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, our listeners can chime in about uh, our our relative uh, humor value, because um, we do like to hear from our listeners, and God, even more so in this time where we're we're all sort of cut off, and uh, uh, you know, the, the the stakes are higher in in a lot of ways than they than they have been before. So uh, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways, and we hope you will. So to begin with, uh, you can email us, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. And on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. Uh, we do also have our own website, which is uh, civilpoliticsradio.com. That's got recordings of previous episodes of the show, a bunch of supplemental episodes we've done, uh, other things, our dedicated news search, using trusted sources, all kinds of stuff like that. 
So, uh, yeah. So please do get in touch with us because, uh, uh, it, it is honestly at times, uh, uh, hard to, to figure out like what to talk about with the, in this crisis. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, well, it's, it's April of, uh, election year and like, oh yeah, right. There's election, there's primaries. And, you know, uh, it certainly did seem to be that Joe Biden was, uh, cruising to victory in the democratic primaries, but he hasn't actually won yet. And, you know, they don't seem to be holding elections at the moment. So, yeah, yeah the Democrats have postponed their, their convention. They kicked it back to August, I think. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And the mass democratic folks, you know, their convention, um, they're talking about uh, canceling it so that the people that are all running get on the ballot and you just have the primary. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting maneuver. They both agree, you know, like Markey and um, the mayor of Senator Markey and the mayor of Holyoke who's run against him. I always forget his name. Uh, but, um, uh, Alex Morse. He's he's yeah, not running so, against Ed Markey. Uh, he's running against Richie Neal. He's running for that? seat in Congress, not the in, the in the House of Representatives, not the Senate. All right. So they must have agreed that Neal will win, and and um, um, whoever you just said, I don't know what I have a block on his name. Alex Morse. <laughs> Alex Morse will get fifteen percent, so that he'll get on the ballot too. You know, because you have to get 15% of the delegates. Oh, on so, the primary ballot. Right. Yeah, on the primary ballot. Yes, sorry. Yes, but through the primary. So that, you know, you don't have all this hullabaloo before you have the hullabaloo. So. Right. Right. Well, and uh, yeah, I, I do think um, uh, Senator Markey is being primaried by, was it Joe Kennedy, the 18th or whatever? Yep, Joe Kennedy. Yep. Yeah. That's right who I don't know much about him, uh, but I did see him interviewed at one point uh, a couple of months ago on uh, WGBH, and uh, my impression seemed to be that uh, he wants to be in the Senate, and he's a Kennedy, so uh, how about we make this happen, people? Well, you know, his last name is Kennedy, so isn't that all the Democrats need to know? Uh as an actual member of the party, uh, however reluctantly, no. <laughs> well, you know, they had a debate scheduled, um, Kennedy and Markey, and I'm sorry that I was mixing up Alex Morse. Kennedy and Markey had a debate scheduled. It was going to be on the local Channel 22, is it, here out of Springfield? Right. And uh, it never ran, and it was right in the, you know, it was just probably a week ago. I was thinking, did they cancel it? Did it, because it was still on the menu. Yeah. But, um, there was no such event that night. So I don't know if they canceled or, you know, they didn't want to put people in the studio or not, but you know, that's really important to have debates. So that's a tough I one. I agree. But, uh, vote without seeing them put through their paces, you know, it, it is difficult, uh, because it's not just a matter of the two candidates. I mean, you could put two people in a room, you know, 10 feet apart with microphones and they can yell at each other or whatever, you know, but it's the people there with cameras and lighting and making sure it actually 
is something that yeah. people can can hear and see. So it's you know it Time. becomes a, a production. Timekeepers, yep, all that stuff. Oh, it's too bad, but you know I looked at um I think it was real clear politics um where this poll was, but they had the right track, wrong track, and um yep. it, the wrong track was twenty four percent higher. And usually that poll is used for president's ability to get reelected. So I thought that was amazing. But Wait, that number so the country's on the wrong track? Yes, country on the wrong track. Oh yeah. Well that's and that you know, that speaks to Trump's presidency. And I was surprised because his base is really holding pretty steady. In fact his his approval ratings went up in this and it's sort of you know, it's it's sort of strange. I mean, as people have family members die and they can't get tests for COVID-19 and, you know, yeah. all the things that are happening and we should talk about, I think you sent me an article about um, the um, ventilators. I mean, that's a, that public private yes. fiasco. Yes. It's amazing. There was a, uh, an article uh, uh, that ProPublica uh, reported. That, that was where, yeah, you sent us the link, I think. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'm, I know, John, uh, please do add that to the show notes when you uh, get a chance to edit this episode. Um, uh, but it was um, oh, I can't find the article now because I, you know, am blocked. But anyway, uh, yeah. So the um, uh, the uh, uh, U.S. government arranged for uh, uh, the development of sort of designs for you know cheap to produce. Uh, uh, durable uh, ventilators that could be used uh, in a crisis like this. And uh, they haven't actually been produced. And uh, as this crisis developed, uh, nobody put in big orders for them. You know, like it, it's one thing to. Uh, it, it's it's one thing to not buy, you know, 10,000 uh, uh medical devices that cost $3,500 a piece uh, when things are, you know, when you don't see any crisis on the horizon. But uh, More like back in January, it became clear that this was going to be a problem. And with the, you know, the Defense Production Act, you know, they could have been churning them out and they could be ready now. Yep. And we and we paid for them, right? They were developed. Uh, the The government went to the company, I forget their name, and said, make make us this. See if you can make one cheap and efficient. And as you said, you can drop kick it and you know just rug it and just for an emergency, just like this. Not a lot of bells and whistles, just the basic function. And um, they actually got the design through your your article said I think September the FDA. So they were yeah. ready to go, ready to go. And we never we never placed the order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Royal Phillips is the is the company. Royal uh, Phillips. Oh, that's yeah. the parent. Isn't there one that's the local? That's the parent that they sold the they sold the rights to. <laughs> they produce more expensive ones. There's there's another company involved. Yeah, yeah. Because Royal is a is a Dutch appliance company, and I guess the American subsidiary uh, developed it. So and I can't yeah. think of their name. Yeah, I think appliance has gotten my brain. Oh. Oh, well. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, what a what a nightmare. And I think a lot of, I mean, 
in fairness to Trump, not about this exactly, but, you know, a lot of the contracts that government writes is they're really specific, but they drop the ball on the big issues like who owns the rights, you know, what you can enforce. I mean, it's like we, we, we are negotiating from a position of weakness. And, you know, the government should be able to make some pretty significant demands. And Royal Phillips, I think at the end of the article, it said something like, well, you know, they have the right to make more expensive versions of that and sell them all over the world, which yeah. is what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it, it just, it boggles the mind that this happened. Well, I mean, it does boggle the mind, but at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a little grief here, Sue, because like that model of the government, you know, does the heavy lifting and then private industry comes in and, and makes all this money and then sneers at the public sector for, for being so lousy. I mean, that's the Republican Party's platform. That's, that's what your party does. That's what you've been doing my entire life, you know, going back to Ronald Reagan. You know, government isn't the solution. Government is the problem. You know, so, uh, we've got to privatize everything. I mean, that that that's the model. So, yeah, it's it's stupid and it's crappy and it doesn't work. I agree. Exact, and before you cast too many aspersions, the contract was written five years ago by you know who. Yeah. yeah. Obama. Yes, I know. Um you can do you can do a better job. I think I think real Republicans don't don't like it sound like that either. I think I, those are those are people that are only doing half their job. I well you know? I, I agree, but I mean uh and I agree that that was uh, a failure by the Obama administration. But I mean part of the, part of the point is that if you look at the last two Democratic presidents we've had, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, they're both you know, basically Republican light. I mean, that's part of how they got elected. And like, there's this, this get along guys. They don't, they're not reformers, either one of them. No. Well, I mean, Obama was a reformer, but in a very sort of low key, you know, conservative kind of centrist way. You know, I, I've called him the best Eisenhower Republican we've had in decades, you know, before. And, and I think it's still true. So, it's just a real disappointment. Uh, you know, this is why we need more lefty people, like the kind of kind of candidates that excite me, you know. But I don't know. Oh, oh uh, I should just mention, uh, uh, this is uh, uh, Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. So, so aside from me, uh, uh, you know, being all partisan and nasty... <laughs> Uh, yeah. So what do you see as the, um, I don't know what, like, like, do you, what do you think the, uh, the Trump administration has managed to do right? Well, um, you know, the headline this week, at least from the perspective of the sitting, the sitting executive was yep. that they, they shut off China really before anybody else, but you know, that is that is what Trump likes to do. He likes to close borders. And I think there was an article in the Post that even said, was it today? Uh, the Washington Post that said that he actually didn't shut down the the China. And it's sort of like this, they're reinventing what he actually did back then, which was a much more limited adventure. So, it, you know, it's 
they're awfully good at promoting themselves, I think. That's, um, that's really I, what they can do, yeah. And and I think that he he can write really stiff contracts that are one-sided if he wants to, but he's he's I think he's so overwhelmed in the job that he you know some of the stuff he actually does well, like making sure that you know we get all the goodies instead of somebody else. You know, he he leaves it up to other folks who don't really know what he where he's trying to go. So, I mean, I think there's, I think a lot of the stuff that's going to come out of the woodwork. You know, Trump says he wants to drain the swamp. Well, I think the swamp's kind of going to get drained, but it wasn't. It's almost by happenstance. It's it's that there's a lot of things that are being shaken out of our government that needed to be shaken out of, and I don't think, you know, it's a little pink pantherish. You know, it's like, oh look, they. They actually, all those folks left Congress who really, really didn't belong there. Or, you know, it it it's a this is a horrible thing. Do you remember um, the guy John? Is it John Silber who ran for governor here in the state? I yeah, John Silber. Ninety against Bill Weld. Yeah. Well, or do you remember if Boston University? Uh, yeah. The line that kind of Natalie Jacobson did an interview, and it yeah. kind of ruined. It kind of ruined his. It, it blew him out of the water, and Bill Weld uh, won. Yes. What Silver said at some point was, you know, they were talking about rationing care and health care and all this stuff, and he said, "Well, you know, when you're ripe, it's time to go." And yeah. people were horrified. Yeah. But, you know, that is partly what's going to happen with this this virus is that all the boomers like me are going to, you know, we might not die off tomorrow, but it's certainly cutting a big swath through the boomer generation. And, you know, it's going to leave openings for, you know, people who are up and coming. All of us are still working because we have to. You know, we haven't vacated the job market for people who are younger so that they have jobs. So in the, you know, following with John Sober, who happened to be a Democrat, you know, there's, there's a huge, this is, this is a, um, transition point for this country. And you'll see a lot of changes to government. You're going to see a lot of changes to a lot of practices. And, you know, Trump didn't cause it, but it's happening on his watch. And it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, some of the decisions we make about um, climate change will change because, you know, some of the folks that have been so adamantly opposed to it are going to be um, moved out of their positions by hook or by crook. So, you know, it's sort of a it's interesting time. So I'm just going to circle back on AOC. You sent us that really good article on um, AOC and sort of her moving to, you know, making sure she's playing her political chips carefully and not just squandering them. And, you know, folks like her will survive this and, you know, we'll end up with a lot of political power. Oh, that article from Politico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't keep all the references. It's hard yeah, when we're yeah. not listening. <laughs> well, I, we didn't actually mention that on air. We we chatted about that before the show. So just yes. So uh, there was an interesting article about on Politico about how uh, there are people who are upset that uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez isn't uh, 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 continuing to be as um, uh, outspokenly radical. radical and forthright as she was when she was uh, a challenger as opposed to an actual serving politician. Um, yep. and which is which is a fair point, but I think part of that is, you know, she has 
uh, quite a few people who are getting ready to challenge her in the primary. So I think, you know, playing nice with the party is an essential part of, you know, getting the party support to weather those challenges. You know, really good leaders and politicians and people that are successful, you know, they, they know when to move their chair over a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So they don't get the blowback. And, uh, you know, she's a pretty quick study. So it'll be interesting to watch what happens. So. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and one of the, the, one of the things about politics is there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, you have to make friends and you have to find ways to work with people. And it's figuring out which lines you have to draw and which ones uh, you don't uh, yeah. is part of the part of what makes it so difficult. You know, um, I mean, so let's look at uh, Joe Biden, for example. One of the reasons why people criticize Joe Biden, uh, and there are many reasons, but one reason is, you know, uh, uh Last year, he spoke sort of nostalgically about the good old days when he could sit down and work with um, uh, people who uh, uh, I, I can't remember the names now, but with uh, uh, members of the Democratic Party who were, you know, segregationists. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Blue Dog Democrats or the um, segregationists. Right. And. You know, and that despite their there's their great differences, they could still work together with a certain civility. And like there is definitely, um, you know, that's that's just one of the many oh Joe moments. But that isn't nearly as bothersome to me as um, uh, you know, like the 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 way he you know, sandbagged Anita Hill or uh, the way he, you know, lies about uh, uh, things he's done or, you know, his political record or, you know, all, you know, and, and his policies on things like ban the bankruptcy bill and whatnot. But, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah. go ahead. The Savington loan fiasco. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So like that he was willing to talk with a fellow elected official who was also serving in the Senate, like, okay, you know, um, you know, and, and because even when there are, even when you're, uh, the, the other politicians in the Senate are truly terrible human beings, uh, sometimes you do have to nevertheless grit your teeth and work with them on something that you both agree is worth doing. You know, like for example, this $2.2 trillion COVID 19 bailout bill that just got passed 96 yeah. nothing you know yeah amazing yeah and through that on a on a you know pretty much unanimous consent not really but not technically right. so um i would have trouble with what you said about biden because in politics part of it is do you have game and i think genre uses that term yes it may be a different way but so Biden, while that may be true that he got along with Strom Thurmond or the other segregationists to, in order to get along, um, you don't you don't talk about it that way. If you yeah. sophisticate, you know how to talk about it and not enrage everybody else. And yes. to some degree, Biden doesn't have that. He does not have that ability to tell you something without getting you enraged about it. He's no. kind of he just 
stumbles into it. So I'd, I would say that while it's true that it's probably a good thing that he can do that, it's a bad thing that he doesn't know how to talk about it. Well, that that's one of his many problems. He's he's a true mediocrity, I think, honestly. Uh, you know. Well, I, the other guys do it, and he tries to take credit for what they're doing. I hope that if you if you guys nominate Biden, that at least you have the good sense to make Gavin Newsom the vice president, because he's he's been unbelievable this week. Or the um, governor of of California. Yeah. Well, uh, since Biden's going to nominate, said he would nominate a woman, uh, it won't be Gavin Newsom. But well, I guess uh, not. you know, uh, I'm I I've noticed the time, so we're going to take a, sh a a short break here, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. What did they just say? If you often find yourself asking that, you may benefit from the new audio-enhancing technology available at the Forbes Library in Northampton. Designed to work with or without a hearing aid, the new and improved audio-visual systems in our meeting rooms, along with countertop loop systems at our service desks, are some of the new technology the library now has. With federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. You'll now find hearing the librarian and guest lecturers a whole lot easier. Call 413-587-1017 or email info at ForbesLibrary.org to find out more. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. For Carol H. Williams and their client, Census 2020, this radio spot is entitled Set Up, Be Counted, PSA, 60 seconds. ISCII code CWCB0049000. This is a 60-second radio spot stereo, monocompatible. Every 10 years, the census comes along, and it seems like everyone I know always asks the same two questions. What is the census, and why does it even matter? Let me give it to you straight. The census counts every single person living in America. An accurate count of our community tells us where there are more people. And where there are more people, there are more needs. Our participation could impact how public funding flows to our schools, health clinics, senior care, job training, and housing. It even determines our congressional representation. I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like the census matters to me. 
This year, take a little time for the 2020 census. You can complete it online, by phone, or by mail, and make sure you count everybody you live with. Your mama, daddy, sweetheart, babies, roommates, everyone. This chance only comes every 10 years, so let's step up and be counted. Shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. In 1977, in Johannesburg, South Africa, an eight-year-old boy picked up the game of golf from his father. By the age of nine, he was already outplaying him. The odds of this gentle lad winning the Junior World Golf Championships, one in 16 million. The odds of the Big Easy winning the US Open twice, one in 1.2 billion. The odds of this professional golfer having a child diagnosed with autism, one in 110. Ernie Els encourages you to learn the signs of autism at autismspeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still talking with Sue Timberlake. <clears throat> and we're still... Uh, well, I think we're still expressing uh, our uh, sort of general lack of enthusiasm and dissatisfaction with Joe Biden as the uh, likely as the front runner to be the Democratic nominee at this point. <clears throat> um, Sue, have you heard much about uh, the accusations made against uh, Joe Biden by uh, former uh, former is Tara Reid? No, you know, when we were just talking about it off the air, that's the first I've heard of it. I must travel in the wrong circles. But, you know, as a Republican, I don't really support Joe Biden. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, obviously, that, that sounds terrible. And it and it and it's I don't know if you want to say more about the allegation, because you said it was fairly new that it just hit the sort of hit the media fan. It, it, she she made it public recently. I think it was first story was first broken by The Intercept. But, um, yeah, uh, supposedly he uh, uh, physically assaulted her uh, back in 1993 when she was one of his aides uh, when he, you know, back in the U.S. Senate. And uh, I, uh, I got to say, uh, I believe her. You know, I, 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 I believe this accusation. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's not kind of 100% proven, obviously, but I, I find it quite credible, in part because, yeah. like, I'm sorry, what did you say? I said, do you know, was it like a sexual assault or physical yes. assault or sex, sexual assault? Sexual assault, yeah. absolutely, yeah. 100%. Sorry to make you be so explicit. I just, I hadn't heard about it, so. Well, I could be more explicit if you like, but I'm yeah. like, eh, you know. <laughs> no, that's close enough. It was just, you know. Yeah. Never mind. It, it's a rape accusation. Um, wow. You know, and it's like this 
you know, this is Joe Biden, the the guy who was running the Anita Hill here, you know, the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings and, you know, basically uh, hung Anita Hill out to dry. And yeah. uh, this is Joe Biden, the guy who, you know, it, when he was running for president in 1988, um, not only was he, uh, uh, you know, plagiarizing sections of his stump speech by, you know, telling anecdotes from the life of Neil Kinnock and claiming they were his. Um, but he was also talking about how he was the civil rights movement, and he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't arrested wasn't. in Johannes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's a recent thing. But I mean, going back 30 years, he's been he was talking about how, you know, he participated in demonstrations in the civil rights movement. But you know, he didn't, as he himself has made clear on other occasions. So, like, this is a guy who he he's a liar. He's dishonest, and 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 he, you know, he he's arrogant, because it's not like people haven't told haven't called him out on his lies before, and he just keeps doing it. You know, so so I absolutely well, believe. Uh, uh, Tara Reid's uh, uh, accusation, in the same way that I believed um, uh, Christine Blasey Ford about, you know, uh, Judge Kavanaugh. Yeah. Well, so and it's, I'm I sorry. Wanna... Let me just finish this one thought. So yeah. I, I just, you know, uh, the Democrats are trying to unseat Donald Trump, and it seems like the number one reason why a lot of people have 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 been pushing Joe Biden to be the nominee is like, well, you know, he can beat Trump and he'll be a sort of return to wind back the clock to the way things were before Trump came along. And, you know, to the extent that that's true, he's winding back to the to the things that absolutely were terrible and we don't want anymore. And you know, I, you know, it's, I, I don't, I, I feel even less confidence now after hearing these accusations, uh, that he can beat Trump than I did before. So I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So I was just going to say, I don't want to really trash Biden, you know, cause I'm a Republican. I would, I would normally do that anyway, but I try and be civil about it. So is there, is there any verification or, you know, how are the, you know, the Me Too movement, are they coming out in support of her? Do you know what's going on with that? Because, I mean, this is a really charged environment and, sure. you know, Trump loved this. Well, uh, I'm I, I'm sure he's more than happy to attack Biden for his failings, even if Trump shares them. And and yeah. in fact, Trump does. And we know this, um, you know, he's been accused of, of rape by a number of people. And I believe all of them, too. Um so as far as that goes, uh, yes, I believe uh, at least one of her friends uh, who she knew at the time has come forward and said, yeah, she told me about this back in 1993, so this isn't a shock. And as for – I believe she went to actually the uh, the nonprofit Me Too organization. Time's up. And, yeah. And uh, – uh, yeah. I think I think she uh, well all right she went to me too and I believe they uh declined to uh you know formally support her you know to bankroll her or her you know get her an attorney and whatever and I they said and this is you know I, I don't know quite what to make of this but what they said was 
that since they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, they cannot take sides in political elections. And Joe Biden is a candidate mm-hmm. for presidency. Oh, that's so that's and that's they're fearful of being um, of losing right. their status. Right. So the 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 the, the thing is though that that's, restriction is you know you can't be politically active as a as a five hundred one c three nonprofit. I mean that's for you know uh, uh you know the re- you know disaster relief and feeding the hungry and you know civil rights advocacy. You know the you know the the ACLU is a five c three. Um, but the couldn't take oh, on ahead. any does that mean they couldn't take on any politician well right so that that's that's the uh, that's the issue um, oh, boy. um i'm i'm not a lawyer and uh obviously if you ask a crowd of lawyers you'll get a number of different opinions but i think the consensus is that um you know if, if if they're continuing to act in their normal course of action, if they can, you know, if they can sort of clearly demonstrate, look, this is just part of the pattern of how we operate. We back up people who are making accusations against powerful men. Some of those powerful men are politicians, and that's a thing, but we're not going after them for, you know, partisan political reasons. We're going after them because they've been, you know, we have believe their accusers that these guys have committed, you know, sexual crimes, you know, and so I, 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 yeah. I I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, using tax law uh, as uh, a cudgel to try and shield people in political office from scrutiny is absolutely not, uh, uh, well, it's not legal, it's not acceptable, and it's not a thing that would happen in, uh, you know, any kind of normal administration. With Donald Trump at the helm, uh, you know, and uh, Bill Barr running the Justice Department and Steve Mnuchin running the Treasury, yeah. I don't know. I can understand them being careful. Yeah. But it could also but be I- that there are a bunch of left-leaning liberals who really hate Donald Trump and they don't want to screw that up. I mean, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you think that the that they wouldn't take it up would actually prove the prove the case. In fact, you know, being scared off from that would show that they were politically motivated, even though it was the reverse of, you know, supporting Democrats or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's kind of the environment that we're in. Do you think I haven't seen this in the media at all? So is there sort of a people are waiting to verify maybe or they're just they're just not, you I, know, it's sort of like I honestly I I think I think that uh, there is some truth to the idea that there's a lot of sort of, you know, kind of lefty sympathies in a lot of mainstream media outlets. And I think there are a lot of people who work in journalism who really don't like Donald Trump. And uh, I think going easy on Joe Biden is kind of is kind of been a thing because it's not just this. I mean, you know, Joe Biden has been, you know, not given, uh, you know, has not been grilled properly about, you know, his role in drafting the bankruptcy bill. They haven't really gone into detail about uh, just, uh, it wasn't just one vote in 2003 to authorize the use of force in Iraq. 
he had a long and bellicose history in the Senate. And, uh, you know, he's he's just really been a pretty crappy politician who's been in the pockets of uh, the, the rich and powerful. Um, and, you know, so so to me, I, I part of what I'm finding really distressing about this is um, and I have arguments online with people about this um, is to what extent, you know, the Democratic Party, to what extent is, are, are, is that defined by the the you know the party officials you know the leaders the you know the delegates and the local party bosses and the the elected representatives you know the people who are actually part of the machine who are you know on the payroll or else active in the local community in various ways and to what extent yeah. is the democratic party you know the the millions of people like me who uh tend to vote democrat who are you know members of the party but who aren't you know, actually uh, going to conventions and pushing to set the agenda, because you know I think the 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 leadership for the most part is is on the Joe Biden train, but also yeah. clearly a lot of voters are, and I'm I'm really frustrated that we're sort of coming down to voting for uh, you know which older white guy who seems to be uh, uh, in cognitive decline, who has a penchant for lying and backing, you know, corrupt policies that line the pockets of the rich and who've been credibly, credibly accused of rape. Do I want the Biden flavor or the Trump flavor? Because, you know, they're both terrible. Well, you know, I think People in the party struggle with all this. Just to point out, uh, Joe Biden, when he was vice president, was president of the Senate. And, you know, he allowed those rules that prevented people that were assaulted. You know, the Senate rules were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they were just awful. And they didn't change them until very recently and only slightly. And so even though he always says, you know, he's in charge or he was the decider, you know, he clearly didn't weigh in on any of that, you know, didn't push it to be, to be better. So I, I, um, I think of Dr. Fauci, who I very much admire. I know we talked about him last week. Oh and yeah. From uh, the NIAD, the uh, National Institute yeah. of Allergy and Immune something, Allergies and yeah. Infectious Diseases. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the guy has been out there like a hero and I wonder every time he you know, contradicts Trump, whether he gets a lot of hate mail. Well, it turns out, I don't know why he's getting the hate mail, but he's got protection now. And, you know, it takes it takes a big person to stand up in this environment and say, you know, no, no, we're not going to go along with this or, you know, this is what you really need to be thinking. And, you know, that is such a terrible way for people in public office to be right now that they're they're, you know, Dr. Fauci seems to say what he, you know, he's careful about how he says it, but he still tells us that you know, it's going to get a lot worse. And if we have 100,000 to 120,000 deaths, that's the good side, that it could have been 2 million. And, you right. know, all that's, you just, you really, you know, you hope that there's a lot more people out there like him that will stand up, like the woman who testified in the uh, Trump impeachment, you know, some of those, those oh, folks yeah. from the department. I mean, they were so brave. 
and you know they can't even go to their own homes at this point because they've been so threatened by people. So I don't know this. I'm I'm ready for social distancing in a different way. <laughs> it's like I don't want to be around you know the Twitter the Twitter storms and the it's horrifying a little bit. But in this environment with the we haven't talked about the virus at all tonight. But oh my god. Oh, we have a little, but uh, you know uh, it, the the virus is is revealing. Uh, a lot of cracks in our our politics and our society, and nothing is sort of really striking me more in this moment. Um, though it's it's been a problem, and we've lamented it many times on our show over the years. But just the way in which um, people are viewing uh, all kinds of issues through a partisan lens, um, yeah. like. I mean, well, yeah, maybe Tara Reid is a liar. I don't know. Uh, I believe her, but I could be wrong because, you know, I'm human and so is she. So it means I'm fallible and humans do lie. So she could be lying. I don't know. Um, uh, though uh, I believe she did an interview with Democracy Now. So, you know, if you want to actually see her in person and judge for yourself, uh, hopefully John will be able to find that and post that in our show notes. Um, yeah, this week or last. I'm sorry. You think that was this week or last? Yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but more generally, just you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, March 31st. Right. Okay. So it was. Um, it, it's it's just of whether or not people are gonna uh, believe what someone's saying or how they respond to it. It's about, uh, you know, what side do you think they're on? You know, like, you know, is Dr. Fauci, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, liberal or conservative or, you know, uh, whatever. And, it, you know, and it's not that, unfortunately, uh, we don't have a problem with partisanship corrupting our public officials. That's one of the one of things about the Trump administration. You know, like a partisan citizenship, cynicism, citizenship, partisan cynicism that about people like William Barr and Steve Mnuchin makes sense. You know, yeah. like, like or, or uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the Commerce Secretary, that old fellow. Um, oh, just, yeah. Wilbur Ross. Wilbur Ross. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, or, or Betsy DeVos, you know. They, you know, or um, uh, uh, Ben Carson, you know, like they, they they aren't competent for the job. They don't know what they're talking about. And they were picked because they're his people. And, you know, they were picked in part because because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, because that gave all the Trump doesn't look so bad. Was the diplomat to the Ukraine or whatever his name was. I forget so soon. Sondland, Ambassador Sondland. Yeah, yeah. yeah just donations, but yeah. Well, I just so you know, there's a whole bunch of money coming out for everybody shortly here. I had a couple of dates that people might want to hear. I don't know. Yes, if you wanna... please. Yeah, um, we, so April. We've April got, got a few minutes left, so we do want to actually maybe share some useful information as opposed to my despairing cries of the heart about, you know, <laughs> politics. 
Well, the Department of Unemployment Assistance here in Mass has published a lot of info about how to get paid, um, you know, getting unemployment insurance. The one thing they haven't done yet are the gig workers and the self-employed, and that's coming out in a few days. And the reason they haven't done it is because the feds haven't published the rules yet. Um, right. April, they're saying direct deposit. If you have direct deposit with the IRS, then you'll probably get a check in that week. Um, for the folks that are getting mailed checks, they won't get mailed until April 15th um, or later. So you might not see them until the first part of May. That's, you know, if you didn't have direct deposit. Yeah. Um, there are over 10 million unemployment claims. So if you're yes. getting in line. Half a million this, just this week. Yeah. So, so log in when nobody else is up. <laughs> That's what they're saying is the web, the web uh, site is crashing. Um, there's a there's a, a call center here in Massachusetts through the Mass General Brigham and Women's, and it's um, if you are in the community and you have questions, you know, you need a doctor, uh, you want to make a donation, you want to find out what you should do or how to get tested for COVID-19, the 800 number is 888. This is a nonprofit, by the way. 888-554-4234, and I think you'll probably talk to a nurse that they've they've staffed that up and they extended the hours, but it's just a you know it's just a community phone number so that if you want to talk to somebody about some of the specifics of your situation or you know they can walk you through sort of how you can get tested or what the process would be or whether you should do something else. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say is that I go to a gas station and it's a chain gas station you know it's nationwide. Mm -hmm. And they've had a lot, a lot of turnover lately, and, you know, it hasn't been the same staff until recently. And I was talking to one of their staff people, and I said, oh, my God, you just did a double? And they said, yeah, nobody else wants to work. She said, so they gave everybody a $2 an hour raise to keep working through this. And I thought, okay, that's good. That's 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 better. That that's at least good. one. Of, yeah, that's one employer. So if you had minimum wage and you were, what, 12-something, yeah. she went to 14 or 15 an hour so. You know, there's there's that basic minimum wage everybody's talking about. So, I you know, there's so many ethical questions. Maybe we'll talk about it next week about, you know, whether churches should hold services, whether states can intervene or, you know, what all that stuff. So anyway, I um, send my wishes out to everybody. Stay safe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I look forward to uh, uh, checks in the mail and uh you know, it's certainly great to uh, to see so many people, um, you know, stepping up. And uh, I'm hoping this is going to lead to a, a change in what we view as really essential work. And, you know, maybe people will be less dismissive of the clerks, the grocery stores and whatever. We'll see. But uh, we do need to wrap up tonight. So, uh, Sue, thanks for uh, calling in. Uh, glad we could make this happen. Um but that's going to do it tonight for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next, uh, we still got a, a selection of cool music going into the night, so I hope you'll be able to enjoy that. And uh, we do still have an encore presentation of this show coming on next uh, Monday at 4 p.m. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, podcasts of this show will be available on all the various streaming services uh, hopefully this weekend. And, uh, oh, and uh, happy 60th anniversary to my mom. And uh, yeah, that'll do it now for Civil Politics. Thanks for listening. Good night.
Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.